Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Woo! That might be the best thing to say on a Monday morning after seeing all that, Jay, on a Sunday night. What a weekend. Unprecedented, unbelievable, unpredictable. Great football is what it was. He, that's just the NFL week in and week out. Brady, Breeze, the boys. We even had a little Major League Baseball history, tennis history. Maybe we'll try to sneak that in somewhere in the four hours. But you know what it this is good. all about. Good, man. That would happen to the Cubs. That's all I'm going to say. Sports just was our big. It, it got to the point where I didn't even – I mean, I saw a little bit of the Clipper game, but it, I wasn't even – in tune, like really worried about that. I was more so, let's get to football. I wasn't even mm. the Clippers. Like eh, if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. I'm not worried about that. I want to get to football. Well, it's fitting because now they're going to Game Seven. So well, I'm just saying, it was as a, a Laker lot of fan, as a Laker fan for you, you're yeah. in a good place right now. We were always in a good place. Don't worry about us. We'll talk about all that in 15 <laughs> minutes, all the other non-NFL stuff. There was some big stuff, including a no-hitter. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including front office insider key Mike Tannenbaum on the front office view of Tom Brady at Mm-mm. 6.30. And then at 7.30, Dan Orlovsky on the QB. Yeah, Dan! Fireworks! QB on QB. So different perspectives on Tom Brady. Let's <laughs> still start with the Dallas Cowboys and tongue planted firmly. No, we're going to start with, what did you, where did you watch the games? I watched the games in my apartment. I'm old school, by the way. I'm way more old school than most people. Back in the, I'm 42, so back in the day, you just sort of watch the Last two channels. I checked, you were 42 the other day. I was yes. still 42. Well, Jay turned, well, Jay turned the calendar one I'm not 40 last yet. Week. Not there yet. Last week. Holding on. I like watching the game on Fox. I like watching the game on CBS. If I'm working like at ESPN, then, you know, we have the luxury of Red Zone and all that sort of stuff. But I kind of grew up watching one game, locking in on the game, and then having James Brown or whoever it is back in the day, James, James is still there, giving me the updates. I know you went Zuba, to the bar. you got to get the Hulu package, man, <laughs> you gotta, so you can have Red Zone. Yeah, I got to put you on a smart TV. I, that's true. I mean, I, or I'm, direct TV. Or direct TV, something. Get, something. The, package, get something. the package. I love the old school. Yeah. I love, I want, to, I want to wait till halftime to see We're going to get a GoFundMe uh, to get him. Yeah, we got uh, uh, to upgrade uh, you in so many categories of life. But you, you went to a bar, yeah, right? I went and hung out at the, the sports little deal. and, and um, Little deal. Yeah, a little deal. <laughs> it was a little deal. It had a chance to see all the games. I have to be able to watch everything at once. The, the, the back and forth will drive me crazy. I did that. I did that uh, probably for the uh, – no, the pregame shows – I did the back and forth, and then I could. I just my brain was going to explode. I had to get out of the house, me and my kids, and we went down the street and got a chance to see every single game on the one o'clock games and the four o'clock games, and then I went home for the night game. Yeah, my wife said she wanted to watch the games with me, but um, you know, and we have a little two-year-old, so it was a little bit frustrating. But red zone, <laughs> red zone's it for me. I, I like that. I need to see what's happening in every game, but I I, I can't you, do have the bar. You, have you not? So is it difficult for you to watch? All the games at once. You need the red zone. No. Opposed to just watching all the games. See when I go to when I go to the little thing as you as you phrased it properly in the first segment. I get I get a little bit distracted. The ADHD comes. It kicks in. Really? Yeah. Because then I start I start hanging out too much. I start talking to too many people. I see you were in the back corner, which yeah. is a smart positioning yeah. on your yeah, part. Yeah. No. No. And and people don't really they don't come up to talk. They may hey can I take a picture? But there's no real conversation because I give them that look and you know that look. That's that point. They like, yeah, we're not going to mess with that. It's an Adam Gaze look. Yeah, I'm going to give you like, that look. The yeah. real, you know, you, you, you don't be fired come soon. near me type situation. And they get it. And and when you're watching the games, there's always the good games, right? But then there's one that's all the way in the corner on the little 12-inch that they got. It's like the bars have the last TV they took out the basement, and they just stick it in the corner. 
and you got to kind of lean down and look up to see it. That was the Cincinnati Charger game. You know, it wasn't on the big – it wasn't on TV one, two, three, four. It was way in the corner somewhere. So I got a chance to watch all the games. Speaking of Adam Gaze, Greeny, the biggest Jet fan we all know, and of course, Key was the first overall pick of the Jets nearly a quarter century ago. Oh, Michael, join us at correct. 7 a.m. Eastern. Start that hashtag, fire Gaze. Here it comes already, week so, one. I hate, to, I hate to do that to coaches. I hate to fire them, right? Mm-hmm. But, but in these situations, he fired himself. Like he, like he's, it was as bad. they say, dead man walking, dead coach walking. He's just. I, 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 I was wondering. I was like, is is Buffalo that good, or are the no, Jets Buffalo, just that bad? Buffalo, Buffalo's defense is ridiculous, but the Jets is just. That's exactly. a whole other conversation, Z. We'll see if the Jets can bounce back. They got the 49ers next week, and they need to bounce mm. back after a game against Arizona, which many people thought wouldn't even be played. The last game Boingy. that was played, <laughs> some air quality issues out there. We're hoping for the best for everybody out west battling those Zubin, before we kick things off, yeah. I, I know Key obviously is um, expert extraordinaire when it comes to football. I, I just want to be able to uh, exploit some things real quick. Uh, my record in the five-point stance was 4-1. and one. Keys was that two usually, and three. So I'm just saying, if, if you want to listen to Keys hot takes, you can listen to him. If you want to listen to me on making money, I would probably happens. be the person to do so. Because I'm going to pick all. teams like Cleveland to upset Baltimore when I knew better. I'm just doing it to whatever. Right? Just <laughs> fool, fool me once, fool me twice. Shame on pick you. Pick Minnesota too. It. It's a long season. It's a long season. But Jay is out to Damn, a quick I did start. Pick Minnesota, you huh? did pick Minnesota, yeah. Because see, I. I don't know. Well, I, I guess I picked Minnesota. <laughs> what do you no, mean you don't know? I guess I picked Minnesota because I picked them to win the division, so I automatically assumed that they would beat Green Bay. But I didn't think Aaron Rodgers would light it up the way he lit it up, but he lit it up to prove a point to all you people out there that said he's not the future of the Green Bay Packers. But go ahead, Z. Yeah, real quick, our five-point stance, if you're just with us here, we're about uh, on the air for a month. Essentially, we take the five biggest games of the weekend. We talk about them on a Friday. The guys make the picks, and as uh, Jay would gloriously tell you, he went four for five, and Key is playing a little catch-up, but it is a long season. It's It's a long season. Long season. (laughs) I just wanted to set the tone. Let's... Quickly set the tone on the Sunday night game. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. Here comes another Rams game with the pass interference call. Where have we seen this before? Uh, But yesterday, they probably get bailed out a little bit. The Cowboys drive in. Michael Gallup's 47-yard reception negated. Could have put the Cowboys in great field goal range with about 19 seconds to go. Instead, key the Rams hold on 2017. If you're watching this morning on television, they're showing it here. Little back and forth, little grabbing. What do you think? Well, when you you extend the arm at the shoulder – you're going to get the call. I mean, you you have to take that that arm, that hand, and hit the hip. Stay close and tight to him. He extends it at the shoulder, and when you extend it at the shoulder, you're going to get called for it every single time. Now, you know, some people say, oh, man, that's ticky-tack, not that point in the game. No, if you, you got to keep it close, and that's the youth of the receiver. The receiver will, two years from now, that won't happen to him. Three years from now, that won't happen. He'll learn from that particular mistake. If he could have taken, and I'm sure trying to demonstrate to you, but he, <laughs> if you are, are, are keeping him close, sure. one of my tricks is I used to grab the waist and grab the waist and keep him close to me. And then at that point, I can use my chicken wing to push off. Just a nudge enough. But when you extend, I see everything. You're going to get caught. You're red-handed. I mean, right there, you can, your hand is caught in the cookie jar. All I would say is, Cowboy fans, didn't you get rid of Jason Garrett because of poor in-game management? You know, too many field goal tries, icing the kicker. And here we are, Mike McCarthy, fourth, fourth quarter, 20-17. to 17. 
have a chance to actually tie the game up with the field goal, and you decide to go for it. Now, I know the analytics say so, but you always wonder what would the game have been like if they actually had just tied the football game and decided to grind it out, Keith. Well, I think when you look at it in, in this situation, the offense had been moving the ball pretty good up and down the field. And Until they, they felt, didn't. They felt good about the situation, and I'm sure the play that they dialed up wasn't the play. Didn't ha- didn't When they dialed it up, they didn't envision it happening the way that it did. And so when you look at it, from from their standpoint, you're like, okay, fourth and three, what is what's our percentages? Our percentages are good. Let's go for it. Mm. Our defense is playing good. We could stop them. We may be able to get the ball back. And then one and three on fourth down do conversion. Yeah. One and three. Yeah, but but the way, like you said, the analytics, the, even though you're looking at the, the one and three on fourth down, we got a break. The real percentages, <laughs> Cowboys. We'll explain that when we come back. Yeah, we will. We got a break. <laughs> Three for 12 on third down, 0 for 4 on third down in the fourth quarter, money time mm. where it counted. They will host Atlanta next week. Still to come, the front office and QB view of the biggest matchup in the NFL that doesn't involve two teams. It involves two people. Brady versus Cam from our experts. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We'll have our Monday night doubleheader starting in New Jersey. Steelers, Giants, and then the Titans and the Broncos. A to Z brought to you by Redbox. Now at Redbox, stream the theatrical home release of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Get premium access and visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch the Nuggets are putting together quite an NBA story, but it's completely being drowned out because of the NFL and college football. They have forced a Game 7 with the Clippers after rallying from 19 down. The Nuggets have now rallied from 3-1 down to force a Game 7 in each of their first two playoff series this year. Remember, they outlasted Utah Game 7 Tuesday 9 Eastern on ESPN. The Eastern Conference Finals start tomorrow. There are no NBA games Today, So just watch that double header, get your football fix back to hoops tomorrow. Speaking of comebacks, Dominic team rallied from a two set deficit to defeat Alexander Zverev in the men's U S open final team dropped the first two sets before rallying for his first major ready to feel old. Everybody 
Team is the first men's player to be born in the 1990s to win a Grand Slam. So Team wins the U.S. Open in tennis in New York. The U.S. Open in golf next week outside of New York City at Winged Foot. And in the ultimate comeback, 28-year-old Alec Mills through the second no-hitter of the season. Cubs 12-0 over the Brew Crew. This kid is a 22nd round pick out of Tennessee Martin. 15th big league start. He was a horse Threw 114 pitches, second no-hitter of the season. The other Chicago team, the White Sox, threw the first. Lucas Giolito as heralded coming out, as unheralded as Mills was coming out. So a bunch of other things happening in the sports world. Congratulations to the Cubs on their 16th no-hitter. We're back. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Coming up at 6.30, Mike Greenberg will be with us at 7 Eastern. Dan Orlovsky at 7.30 to go inside Brady and Breeze and Baker and everybody else you're wondering about. Lou Riddick from Monday Night Football at 9 a.m. Eastern. Key, here are the numbers for the Cowboys last night in that loss to the Rams in which they could have perhaps kicked a game-tying field goal in the latter stages. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the fourth down call if you saw the game last night, but key here are the numbers. The Cowboys went 3-for-12 on the money down, third down. They were 0-for-4 on third down in the fourth. Meanwhile, it's a lot of numbers. Meanwhile, the Rams (laughs) were 9-for-17 on third down. In other words, the Rams made that down count. They did. And and the Cowboys obviously got to go back, see what their third down issues are, try to correct those for the next game coming up because they can't. You can't win football games if you can't convert on third down. I mean, you just you, – you can't. Um, and in that situation, the fourth down, you know, I, I don't really don't – me personally, I don't have a problem going forward on fourth and three. A lot of times people say take the points, take the points, take the points. But if you feel confident about the play that you select and you call and it's working for you and you think you're going to get the right look, then why not do it? You get – if you don't, you stop. The defense stops. Get the ball back. You were moving the ball on offense. You feel like you could go back down the field methodically and get in that position again. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with them going forward on fourth down key. I have a problem with how they went forward on fourth down. There, there's a guy on this team named Ezekiel Elliott that has a tattoo on his stomach called Feed Me. Feed Me. A master <laughs> 127 yards, two TDs. In a situation like that, why don't you feed your power runner? Now, granted, I know what the defensive line is of uh, the Rams, but at the same time, like feed your best player. Yeah, when, I understand. So what happens in in these situations, Jay, is it's only three yards, right? Uh huh. But it's really longer than three. You got to count the three yards from the from 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 where the ball is at to the first down market. Yep. Now count the yards from where the ball is at backwards to where you're actually turning Receiving around the ball. and handing the ball. He's probably he's probably gonna be six yards deep. That's nine yards to get to the first down before that penetration at the defensive front of the Rams could penetrate to on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So typically fourth and three, that's a long three yards. If so, it's fourth and inches, it's a different situation. If it's fourth and one, it's a different situation. Fourth and three turns into basically eight, nine yards. That's hard. That's why they that's why you see teams throw the ball on fourth and three, third and three, they tend to throw the ball opposed to running it. I, I understand you know, we're, we're getting a chance. To watch, but why not just take the points in? Why not just take the points, continue to grind out that game, and, and let your defense speak for itself? Well, because your offense was moving the ball. You felt that they was going to convert. And you also look at it and say, our defense, our defense is playing enough uh, uh, solid ball that we're going to get the ball back and have another opportunity and a chance. And I know right there they're showing that, Shallow cross by the receiver, 
the receiver needs to understand the down and distance. You're taught to run your routes precise to where you're supposed to, but in those situations, a veteran wide receiver would know to stair step to get just barely across the line of scrimmage. You you know, the shallow cross, the shallow cross tells you you only should go four yards. You may need to push it to five hmm. just because of the down and distance in that situation. Now, with that being said, I, I still think the Cowboys are the favorite in NFC East, right? Like watching the way the Eagles play yesterday, knowing what my Giants have to go through tonight with the Steelers and the defense that they're going to have, you know, watching watching the football team, they're still the most talented team in that division. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're yes. one of the most talented teams in the entire conference. But you got to win games. I understand you that. You can't lose games. And look, they were f- not favored to win the game on the road against the Rams to begin with. I think Vegas had them like two-point underdog or something like that. They lost by a field goal. So when you look at it in these situations – the Cowboys have got to go back. CeeDee Lamb in that particular play on fourth and three, not a veteran guy. He'll learn from that to understand that he needs to get a little deeper than what he's being taught. In a normal situation, that's a great play. He, he ran the route precisely the way that they dialed it up. He needs to get one yard inside the first down market before he shaves it off. And he shaved it off. When he shaved it off, he shaved it downhill. And therefore, he lost ground and they didn't pick up the first down. But it happens. I mean, it happens. Speaking of third down, the Rams are more driven on third down, more driven, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to talk all things quarterbacks. Brady, Breeze, Trubisky, Darnold, Cam, with our Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, and he joins us uh, this morning. Just from your front office view, what did you see from Tom Brady versus Drew Brees that caught your eye the most? Uh, there were some things that was like the old Tom Brady Great anticipation, great placement early on, especially I thought he looked comfortable. But on the two interceptions, there were two mistakes. One was a physical one, the pick six to Janoris Jenkins. He just underthrew the out route. He was late getting the ball out. And then on the interception to Mike Evans, if I was a Buccaneer fan, I'm actually encouraged by it. They saw things differently. Evans broke the route off. It looked like he thought it was zone coverage. 
Brady thought he was going to take it more vertical. Those things will be cleaned up. We got to remember, this is the first inning for Tampa Bay. They had never been on the field before in a competitive situation. So some good, some bad. But my glass is half full because it's Tom Brady and that burning desire to win was pretty evident. So I wasn't really surprised just given the disparity between him and Bruce Arians compared to Drew Brees and Sean Payton, which is a well-oiled machine. That is that is correct, Mr. T. So when you talk about well oil machine, Captain Comeback, as I would call him, Mitch Trubisky, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, hit <laughs> Anthony Miller on the big one late in the game to go ahead. What did you see from him, your guy? Yeah, Key, I'll tell you what. First of all, I'm, I was disappointed that DeAndre Swift didn't hold on to that touchdown so we could be talking about Matt Stafford today. But let's give Mitch Trubisky all the credit in the world to score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter on the road against a division opponent. That's how quarterbacks should be measured. And I think you nailed it. That 27-yard touchdown to Anthony Miller was a pro throw and something we haven't seen consistently from Trubisky. It was outside the numbers. It was down the field. And the accuracy was placement. If he can do that, that will start to expand uh, opposing defenses, and that will give him a chance. So if I'm a Bear fan today, I finally saw something to hang my hat on, which is a fourth-quarter comeback, good throws, good accuracy from the pocket. You know, Mike, I hate to put you in this situation, but you're on my show, so therefore I'm going to put you in it. (laughs) Adam Gase, how long do we wait for the hook to be pulled? Yeah, Key, I'll tell you what, I was really surprised just that. I thought they were going to play better. Uh, It was a disappointing effort. It's still year two. I probably err on the side of patience. I know Adam. I went to the playoffs with Adam in Miami. He's a good coach. He's done good things. It hasn't been good enough thus far. They looked poor yesterday. I mean, going into the game yesterday, you would say Jacksonville was the worst team on paper. I thought the Jets looked as bad as any team so far in terms of in week one's performance. But if we're going to be patient, if we want to say that, hey, Sam Darnold didn't have a full year after what happened last year with Mono and everything else, then we should give it a little bit more time here. But Sam Darnold should, and that offense should play better ASAP. Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Washington football team? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Jay. Will, I, was, uh, I wasn't really shocked because football is a game of matchups. And when you have five first-round picks in that front, they're going to be hard for anybody to stop. And Philadelphia was missing three starters on the offensive line. I'm not making any excuses. But what I loved, I loved Dwayne Haskins' intangibles. I loved what he was doing on the sidelines. They were down 17 points. And they could have tucked their tail in and said, hey, this is game one with Coach Rivera. They had all the excuses there, but they didn't. They came back and they competed and they won. And they're going to be a hard out because when you can rush the passer and you can get the ball down the field, which Dwayne Haskins can do and score points, Washington's going to be a tough out, and they're going to be an intriguing team to watch. And I'll just tell you, and Key, you know this, when you're facing a team, like who, who do you double team? Chase Young, Sweat, Kerrigan, they're going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams. I'm with you, Mike. I love seeing Dwayne Haskins also talk to the defensive unit on the sideline, getting them pumped up. I also wanted to ask you, as it relates to leadership, Cam Newton in this Patriots offense, how lethal is it now? Yeah, Jay Will, you could mark this down. I've said this before. Within two weeks, we're going to be talking about how soon is Cam Newton signing extension. We're going to be talking about comeback player of the year. We're going to talk about them winning the division and being meaningful competition in the AFC. I love what they're doing. They're going to be harder and harder to defend. I love the direct runs that Josh McDaniels, the Patriot offensive coordinator, schemed up yesterday. I was very fortunate in my career. I worked for Coach Parcells, Coach Belichick. I've worked with Rex Ryan, Eric Mangini. 
all of those guys would say the same thing. When the quarterback can make plays with his feet, it puts so much pressure on the defense. And I think we just saw the tip of the iceberg. We'll get more into the RPOs. We'll get more into screens outside the numbers. They're going to be really hard to defend. And there's only three things we have to worry about with Cam Newton, guys. That's health, health, and health. But if he starts 16 games, write this down, they will win the AFC East. They'll get a bye. They're going to be hard to beat. And I think it's going to be a compelling story of the season is how Tom Brady handed the torch to Cam Newton. New England was brilliant. They didn't give up a single draft choice. And they very well may have their next quarterback for the next 10 years. It's amazing to think at first it was just a marriage of convenience. Both the sides needed each other. The pass needed Newton. Newton needed a place. And now Mike is saying it could turn into one of the great signings the Pats have made under Bill Belichick. That's how fast it goes. That's our ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. You can see him on Get Up 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. And speaking of Get Up, Mike Greenberg will join us at 7 a.m. Mike, thank you very much. So the Pats go for 217 yards on the ground. Fellas, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Quickly, New England, next up, we'll see just what a test cam is in for at Seattle, Sunday night football. New England at Seattle in week two. Speaking of primetime, we got two tonight, Giants, Steelers, and then the Titans and the Broncos. But uh, Mike kind of said it, uh, tongue planted firmly in cheek, priority one, two, and three is the same thing, Key, his health. It, it, it is, and, and we all know that based on last year, him not playing, or the year before when he got hurt in 2018 when he was having somewhat of an MVP-type season. Uh, when you look at, though, Josh McDaniels as, as well as Bill Belichick, they put a game plan together that was efficient. They allowed Cam Newton to be Cam Newton. He threw the ball short and underneath. Edelman still got his touches. I think when you look at Julian Edelman, he had five for 57. That's an Edelman-type game. Very efficient. Then when you look at uh, the young kid, Nikhil Harry, he contributed on an offensive side, catching five balls. But then Cam Newton did what he was supposed to do. 15 rushes, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. And that is what you get from him. He didn't turn the football over. You heard a lot of people say, oh, he's going to turn the ball over. They got to protect it. They did exactly what they're supposed to do from an offensive staff, put him in a position and a game plan to take advantage of Miami's secondary, take advantage of Miami's linebacking core. They know Miami's roster better than Miami knows it. So (laughs) they put a game plan together. And if, if you know anything about football or anything about the New England Patriots, what you saw against the Miami Dolphins, you will not see against the Seattle Seahawks. It'll be a totally different game plan. It'll still be efficient. It'll still be productive, but it won't look the same Week to week, they tend to change their offensive game plan. Even with Tom Brady, week to week, the the New England Patriots change their game game plan. So you certainly know that they're going to change it with Cam Newton going to Seattle. It's just funny to me how narrative can change so quickly for a team. So last year, all I heard the entire season was Tom Brady has no weapons. Look look what he has to work with in the offensive end. And then you see Cam operate in this new strategy, obviously, because he can move the ball on the ground with his feet. 15 rushing attempts, 75 yards, his ability to create so much versatility in their offensive scheme. And now now we're not having a narrative of, well, Cam doesn't have any weapons. It's just a different it, – it, like that, the narrative changes. Well, it's really not that the narrative changed. What happens is this offense that you saw, it's portable. They'll be able to travel with this offense. As the weather changes and they get into that New England kind of cold and they travel to some of these cold-weather t- cities – They'll be able to run the football with Cam, with the running backs, and they'll be able to dink and dunk underneath. They don't have to stretch the football vertically. You don't have that. You didn't have that with Brady. Mm -hmm. It was pass the ball or else, and that was pretty much it. Now they got a running game, 
that's going to be probably rivaling what Baltimore has. I mean, watch what I tell you. We're going to be talking about New England's running game, rushing attack on the same line as Baltimore's rushing attack. Now, is there any concern with Cam and the way he gets out of the pocket with how he can move? Now, I know he weighs 245 pounds, and that's You don't massive. want to hit that, though. You don't though. want to hit that. But I'm just saying, though, doesn't that increase your chances of a guy who has had injuries putting himself in more positions to be injury-prone? That's what, that's what people would say, right? Cam Newton's never been injured in his entire career based on running the football. All his injuries have been within the pocket. Little things, people hitting his legs in the pocket, his shoulder getting hit. It wasn't that he sought out or seek out a a defender and go attack him, and all of a sudden he bruises his shoulder. That's not how he's getting hurt. He's getting hurt inside the pocket. But the first thing people say is, oh, he's a running quarterback, he's going to get hurt. He's been running his entire life. No, I hear you. It's just when I watch Lamar Jackson run, Lamar Jackson will slide. Before he gets hit. Different Can't, body I understand, type. I understand, but mentality. that has to increase your percentage chance of getting hurt everybody, when you decide everybody. to put your helmet down and kind uh, of crack through people uh, and truck uh, them uh, over. A running back, a wide receiver, anybody that touches the football, when you're out in space, it increases that injury uh, by far. But the only difference is you're dealing with a quarterback who's a giant. You're not dealing – this isn't Drew Brees we're talking about. Oh, I hear you. You, you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. We're talking Body about – Body types are different. They turning him down more so than anything. Isn't it so funny, though? Look at that. See, they, they really don't want to hit him. <laughs> they trying to get out of the way. They're, they're, he doesn't want to get up off the ground to go hit Cam. I mean, that thing coming at you is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I don't really want to hit him. I'm going to slow down. That's how that looked. And imagine what it looks like coming at you. You played against dudes like LeBron James. You know what that looked mm-hmm. like coming through the cup. That's getting a out of the large way. man. You're getting out the way. It's called Matador defense. And so <laughs> Olay. For, for Cam, he's just got to stay healthy. Whatever it is, no little cracks in here, no little bruises there to get rid of that narrative that he's always hurt, he's injury prone. Just get rid of that. And like Mike T, I almost called him Coach T, like Mike Tannenbaum just said, that conversation is going to come up. Extension. Oh, my God, MVP. It's going to start to come up maybe toward the middle of the, middle of the year when they're about 7-1, 8-0. People are going to start to say, oh, okay, because it's not going to be the same offense. You're not, he's not going to throw for 4,500 yards and 50 touchdowns with this style that they're playing, and they don't want to do it that way. They want to play defense like they did. <clears throat> what happened to the conversation about their defense? Remember, oh, they, mm-hmm. all these guys are defense. Fair point. Man, they turned out yesterday. Now, you could say, oh, it's the Miami Dolphins. So what? They showed up, and they turned out. In fact, isn't it funny now, and you guys would know this, Cam Newton goes to New England, and he gets a rough in the passer call. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> After being on the receiving oh, end of so many. Oh, man, that's amazing. He goes to New England, he gets a rough in the passer call. And it then is. I'll say vice versa for the Dolphins. I mean, I, look, I, I think we're going to see Tua quicker than what we think. I mean, think about their next couple of games. You got versus the Bills and their defense, the way they played at Jags. They got to win. And, I mean, Seahawks, 49ers. I think we're gonna be seeing Tua pretty soon. Yeah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Tua in right now because I mean, it's not a second very, half, second half of the season, it's not a very good football team, and I certainly wouldn't want to put him out there in harm's way. I mean, he could sit tight, wait, rest it up. This is a burn season for the Miami Dolphins anyway, so you might as well just burn it up. I thought they were the new dynasty. Say, man, <clears throat> I didn't say that. I, so. No, I didn't say you. I'm just scratching. I, my I head. didn't say it. I'm just scratching my head. Some people say things just for shock. 
That's all. To a fifth overall pick. And remember, after the dislocated hip, that grotesque dislocated hip against Alabama, we haven't seen him really take part in any football because, remember, there was no OTAs, no minicamps, no preseason. So when he gets out there for real, it's going to be a long time for him before he's actually seen 11-on-11. Just play midseason when they play the Jets back-to-back. I'm happy for Cam, though. I really am because there was so much so much negativity with him in the offseason going – how how the Carolina Panthers treated him, uh, late signing. I think he was the last free agent quarterback to be signed. Just keep winning if you're you wearing know, canary and, suits. And Just keep end, winning. Is he going to mesh with Bill Belichick? What's going to happen in the in the Foxborough, the Boston area? Mm-hmm. How people are going to treat him? I'm happy for him. I'm Key. glad. I'm glad he was acting the way he was acting. Key, as you told me multiple times yesterday on the text chain, it's one game. It's one game. I, I understand that, but but it's encouraging to see. Him play the way he's played, the way he played yesterday is encouraging. That's and, all. And for the Pats, it's really encouraging because the deal was one year. It was incentive laden. Let's see what he's got. That gives Newton all the motivation to go out there, ball out. And obviously, if he performs to the level that you think he will, certainly the Pats yeah, will yeah. take care of him. Yeah. I will also mention the seriousness of the game, taking on the team that essentially kind of ruined their season a year ago. Remember the final regular season game last mm-hmm. year, Miami, Miami, New England, yeah. Miami going in, winning Flores, coaching under Belichick. Remember that loss by New England? Dropped them. Dropped them into the wild card round for the first time in a decade. That gave the Chiefs the number two seed, and that was able to propel them to the Super Bowl. So just to kind of think of how things have come full circle from the last time the Dolphins and Pats played to yesterday's game. So much has changed in the NFL. Yeah, Brady couldn't beat them. <laughs> and, that, and that was the other thing, the extrication of Tom Brady as well. You guys are laughing. There actually was a moment of levity after the game yesterday. Sometimes it's, it's a little trepidation when you walk into the Bill Belichick post-game press conference, or I guess the Zoom post-game press conference. You have to see him in person anymore. The, well, after the game, he was asked this question with a rather quick response. Bill, you are obviously someone who has seen a lot of football in your day, been involved in a lot of games. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there. Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life? Practice. 15-second question, one-second answer. But, Key, you were, you were kind of saying, while well, Jay and I are laughing, he, and he's right on target with that. No, it is. practice. It, 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 it just, as much as we want it to be like a game with fans, it's it feels like a scrimmage in practice when you're watching it. I mean, maybe for, for you or for Jay – it doesn't, but for me, when I'm watching, I'm like, it just feels like a scrimmage. Like when I'm watching, there's certain games when I'm watching New Orleans in, in Tampa, that just felt like a scrimmage to me. Well, it's, key, it's the same way. Dallas game last night yeah. just felt like a scrimmage. Well, with the piped-in noise with the Rams, though, that was a little bit ridiculous. But you pipe in, I, I, I hear you. But you pipe in noise. We pipe in noise for practices and scrimmages. So for me, it was like I felt like I was in a bubble and it was snow outside, and we were going on the road to play somebody in a hostile environment, so therefore we crank up the noise. It was different, yeah. All I would say is, you know, you're seeing this in the NBA too. It's harder because you have to take that next step psychologically to manufacture your own energy. No question. To do that no each question. and every down, like that's challenging because you can feed off fans very easily. Yeah, and, I can, and what you do is I'm now focusing in on my opponent. Whatever I'm thinking in my mind about you, Zubin, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Whatever it is. That sweater vest? Well, that you sweater think, you're what, wearing? Focusing right on it. Whatever. Whatever I decide to manufacture in my mind. It could be that, something that's just so far off base to get me to want to just 
do something bad to the you. sweater, the size 13 shoe. Yeah, the sweater's the cop out. The you have like a size 13, 13 shoe, man. You got shoe. massive feet. That was surprising. This dude alone. What? He has big feet. That's. I got a what? size 12. Well, and you, he's taller than you. No, he's too. not. No, whoa, you are not going to embarrass me on national radio. How tall are you, Zubin? 5'11. Okay, and you, he's okay, not. I'm 6'2. He's 5'11 and I'm you 6'2. 6 feet. So that's the same. <laughs> hey, man, little guys get it done. You saw Kyler Murray the other day. He's cute, right? Yeah, well, that run cute. was cute. <laughs> Mighty Mouse. <laughs> Big win for them yesterday against San Francisco. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Mike Greenberg, who's coming up. In 11 minutes. Jeez. Actually, it's 11.5, but 13 oh, actually God. sounds better because of, uh, you know, the deal with the shoe size. Anyway. Um, <laughs> there you go. Loosen up, Z. Okay, zoom in. Fight back, baby. Go, go to the edge of the cliff. Just don't jump. <laughs> Speaking of going to the edge of the cliff, I was watching the games last night. One thing I was really surprised it's by. Disney. <laughs> it's early. Maybe too early. Um, Terry Bradshaw. Never too early. Chris Collinsworth, uh-huh. uh, Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. all the guys that either were on the call or talking about the game uh, with the Bucks and the Saints, all of them said, and maybe this is just a society we live in now as sports fans where, like, snap judgments come on everything Uh-oh. all the time, where each one of them, independent of each other on different networks, said, for those of you that are worried about the Tampa Bay Bucks, hang on, slow down. That's yes, there's that's right. nothing to worry about. Yeah, there's me, nothing, nothing to worry about. Let's get your thoughts on Tom Brady after Tom tells us what he needs to improve on moving forward. Well, I think certainly poor execution and, uh, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's a game of execution and uh, obviously they, you know, made more plays than we did and uh, made some just bad, terrible turnovers and it's hard to win uh, turning the ball over like that. So, that's a uh, I obviously got to do a lot better job. Including two picks that had a pick six involved from Janoris Jenkins. So uh, you guys are kind of in lockstep. I know everybody's sort of, you know, going crazy over Brady and the way that they looked. But those guys that you heard last night talking about the game, you totally agree with them. It's just far too early to do anything, but just be patient. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't hear anybody. Okay. I just My observation is from my own eyes gotcha. telling me um, because I was in a place where there was no no sound. But you can look at it and you can tell that this is from a lack of not necessarily preparation, but practice, being on the same page, new environment, new situation. You can totally tell. I mean, that's miscommunication. Mike Evans throw. Uh, Tom Brady's expecting one thing. Mike Evans is seeing another thing in the secondary. As you look and you see, these sort of things that get better. You, you, you run in a certain route in the middle of the field. Brady's looking for you to go to the second window. And then all of a sudden, you pull up. You think it's zone. He's ready to throw. And he, as he gets ready to release the ball, he now says, uh-oh. But he says something different, and he lets it go. On the outbreaking route, the Jenkins interception, he was late throwing it. Okay? And... That'll change. He looked at, he didn't see Jenkins originally. And when, once he pulled the ball, the trigger, he was like, uh oh, it was too late to pull it back. Jenkins kind of fooled him by playing heavy inside. So he kind of stacked a little bit behind the linebacker dropping. And it was a pick six going the other way. All of those things today will be corrected on film. Tomorrow will be corrected on film. The next day, corrected on film. And you'll see a, a, a much sharper Tom Brady. The next go around, you just will. And and they'll be Tampa Bay will be right there in the end. 
Look, Brady's betting on the Bucks ceiling, right, with their young talent. When you think about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, these guys, and their penalties total in the axis of 100-plus yards. That's a, that's a classic sign of a team that is just out of sync. This is going to be a th- what for this team. I, I, I don't think they have any problems at all. I think actually the chances of seeing these two teams in the NFC Championship game are pretty high. That's exactly what Aikman said on the call yesterday. He essentially said, if we're back here calling this NFC Championship game You're not going to be shocked by Joe that. Buck, he wouldn't be surprised no, by not it at all. at all. Carolina's got Tampa Bay next. And if you're wondering, the team that knocked him off yesterday in the battle of the first 40-year-old quarterbacks to meet, New Orleans will play Las Vegas on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Tonight, we got the Steelers and the Giants on Monday Night Football, followed by Tennessee and Denver. Latter game will be called by Lou Riddick. He'll join us at 9 Eastern. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Still to come... Two four-letter words we can say, and Greeny will utter them when he joins us next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.